You're listening to The Growth Sequence, a new age podcast for women to gain confidence, improve relationships, and find peace of mind through understanding their thoughts and emotions. Jillian Perrick is a master's graduate, life coach, and lady boss of her coaching and consulting company, Northern Resolutions. Time for some rosé and realization, ladies. Here's Jillian. Hello, it's Monday. I just recorded about six minutes um, without turning my actual microphone on, so it sounds really terrible because the microphone on my laptop sounds like death, so it really did not sound good, and I'm really mad because what I was recording was pretty funny, but essentially I'm talking about the fact that I am drinking juice out of a wine glass because I have no clean dishes right now, which is abnormal for me, and um, I was kind of laughing because I was thinking about the fact that in my intro to my podcast, it says, time from some rosé and realization, but I really dislike alcohol. I don't really drink that often. I like to do it socially with friends, but I'm not one to sit here and have a glass of rosé on a Monday afternoon. That's just not who I am, so it's pretty funny that I put that in my intro because that's probably as far away from my own personality as possible, but maybe I will start drinking rosé and telling you what I'm drinking. We'll see how much rosé my local liquor store has. Anyways, tonight I'm going to a girlfriend's house because her and her mom and me and our other girlfriend watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette when they're on. It's so funny to me how people that go on that show and in that house, you take away their cell phone and you take, like, I guess they can't even listen to music, like nothing. The things that they think up in their brain and the time that they devote to acting on their feelings and their thoughts and about what's going on in the situation that they're in. It can create a very tumultuous environment, obviously, as you've seen on the show. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, you can just fast forward to this. But basically, it's a guy or a girl and 25 people compete for their affection. And at the end, they get engaged. It's really realistic. I totally watch it because I'm a hopeless romantic. Just kidding. I watch it for the entertainment value, obviously. Some relationships do last out of it. I will give you that. One of my favorites are Caitlin Bristow and Sean Booth. Caitlin Bristow actually has a podcast, which I listen to quite frequently. And she says it's funny because um, she actually didn't even know Sean's middle name when she let him propose to her at the end of the show. And it also spurs the conversation for social media and people that ridicule these poor, innocent, not so much innocent sometimes, but these poor, innocent people that go on the show to either find love or find fame. What I'm saying about that is when the show was on, I think it's in like its 28th season or something ridiculous, there was no social media. So these people were on the show. They generally went on the show just to meet somebody, not necessarily get anywhere because we they didn't have social media, so you couldn't become insta-famous or whatever. And now that's basically all it is and you really have to figure out who was there for love because a lot of people are just there to get their name out there to get famous to hang out with the rest of the bachelor family and meet hot people and like do cool things and make lots of money off social media advertisements but this also leaves you very vulnerable to opinions from the public and people are not very forgiving when it comes to these um, types of celebrities, air quotes around celebrities. People are very mean and it can be a very life-changing event for some people obviously because they have people who are constantly ridiculing them from left, right, and center. One girl moved to like Paris because she couldn't deal with all the criticism she was getting. This leads me into our topic today and that is basically how to give less of an F 
about what people think about you. So I know that the title grabs your attention, and that's because we all want to be free of the opinions of others. And spoiler alert, people are always going to have their opinions about you. But what is freeing is when you can truly, madly, deeply not give a shit. And unfortunately, I think especially as a woman, the opinions of others does ring importance in our lives. But this is completely and 100% manageable, and here's why. You're not afraid of what people will think. You're afraid of the feelings you'll have when you know what they think. So let's unpack this. It can be daunting to think that the opinions of others is actually about you and how you think about it, because as people, we never like to own up to our shit. It's just not human nature. But ultimately, what I'm saying here is that you're afraid to feel negative emotions that you think you'll have when you know what others think about you. Think of a time when you met a friend of a friend. Maybe you asked your friend what they thought about you, and maybe they said something like, you seem kind of rude, your humor wasn't very funny, or something else less than desirable. And of course you rationalize to yourself that this person clearly doesn't know you, and I am very funny. So why did you ask in the first place? probably to feel something positive, but when faced with the possibility of feeling bad about yourself, your brain went nope, 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 and looked the other way. Same with public speaking. You may be totally nervous because of a variety of things, but especially because you're afraid of what people will think. But really, you're afraid of what they think because you're afraid that if Joe Schmo in the front says he hates your speech and that you suck, you might internalize that and feel bad about yourself, and then you'll be scarred for life and never public speak again. So F you, Joe Schmo. But if we really break it down around the opinions of others, it's because of our need to be accepted, to belong, and to feel loved. This is basic Maslow hierarchy of needs shit. Love and belonging come after your physiological and safety needs. So if you're listening to this podcast, just think about how lucky you are that your physiological and safety needs are met and that you can take the time to care about love, belonging, your ego, and all of that selfish stuff. Feeling accepted, belonging, and love obviously doesn't happen if you're feeling shameful or embarrassed. So you worry about the opinions of others because you worry about feeling bad and what that might look like. The irony is that this doesn't stop us from thinking about what others are thinking about. It puts us into this negative feedback cycle of expecting criticism and preparing for the fact that you might expect to feel bad. Some people even seek it out. It's almost like if you know about it, you can find a way to negate it. Just like your friend of a friend's opinion of you, maybe you can call her up and be like, listen bitch, I am very funny and very smart. Your opinion is wrong. Good day. And then you'll hang up and feel better that this person now thinks what you think. But this brings me to another point. Why do we value the opinion of others so greatly when their opinion is merely a derivative of their own experiences? The truth is just other people's perception of a situation because of their upbringing, religion, and experiences up until this point. So in this case, why are some people so afraid to know about the opinions of others even if it's not helpful or useful? Let me give you an example. Recently, Jenna Dewan posted her women's health cover on her Instagram page in which she posed nude. Besides it being a very tasteful photo, she looks amazing. Rock and bod. Super jealous of her abs. And of course, because she's a celebrity, a ton of people comment on her every move. Her supporters say that she looks banging, and then there's the negative Nancys that judge her endlessly. Both opinions are on her Instagram page. But which comments are useful to Jenna? The negative comments could be untrue as the positive ones. These people are merely speaking from their experiences. But again, what comments are useful to her? Is it helpful for her to question her confidence because a middle-aged man getting chicken finger grease on his iPhone screen tells her she needs to cover it up? What does that do for her mental well-being? Nothing. And that is why, my friends, the truth in this instance is subjective. I may believe that she has the right to bear it all and that sexuality should be embraced, but that is entirely due to my education, my spiritual beliefs, my upbringing, and my experiences. Chicken finger grease guy may have an entirely different truth. 
These two thoughts can exist in the same space, but which one is directly helpful? Now, I'm not saying you should be delusional and think that all truths are subjective. If you're in a relationship where someone is treating you poorly, there is truth to that. Discrimination because of race or sexual orientation or gender is very blatantly wrong. There are many instances of morally right and wrong in this world. The truth I am speaking about lies in your perception of yourself and what is conducive to your mental well-being. It is not in your best interest to be in a physically abusive relationship. It is in Jenna Dewan's best interest to love herself and feel confident in her body, and that is why Chicken Figure Grease Dude's comments can be dismissed as they add no value. So again, why is it helpful to know the truth about someone else's perception? Unless we are going to do something about it, it isn't helpful at all. This may be why some people find it difficult to go to a therapist or a life coach, because they know that this person might tell them something they don't want to hear, and if they're not interested in actually changing their behavior or their thoughts, why would they bother? You may think that this contradicts what I was saying earlier about people seeking out negative opinions, but hear me out. With everyday people, you may feel like your opinion is the truth. You may believe that what you know is more than what these people know, and therefore you can either give them a piece of your mind or rationalize to yourself that their opinions are wrong in hopes of easing your negative thoughts about yourself. But with life coaches or therapists, you respect their opinion because it's their literal job. These people have degrees and certifications and knowledge that perhaps you don't have, and therefore anything that they say may in fact be true. And because our egos can be sensitive and we want to think positively about ourselves, this could feel very dangerous. But this episode is about giving less of an F about what others think about you. And while I'm sure you wanted to take the lazy way out and hope that this podcast would give you that, I'm going to make you think a negative thought by saying, changing your thoughts is never easy but it is possible. And before you turn this episode off, here's how you can give less of a shit of what other people think about you. Understand that everyone, unless they're an expert, is speaking from their own experience. Mommy shamers on Instagram that make it a point to tell celebrities how to raise their children are speaking from their experience. If a legitimate doctor comments with structured advice, this is where you listen. Also, listen to the people around you that are in your life. If they are repeatedly telling you something and you find it to be critical, maybe take a look at yourself and your behavior. These people, I hope, love and support you, and therefore they come from a well-meaning place. Everyone else's opinions are derived from their life, their story, their education, their experience. It is flaming hot garbage to you. It smells, it's going to grab your attention, but it's useless to your progress and your well-being and can only be harmful rather than helpful. If someone wants their opinion to be known to you, it is either because they are too flaming hot garbage or because they believe it will be helpful. As long as you can recognize that their opinions may be entirely because of their life and their thoughts, it will affect you much less. It is also very important to think about the stuff that makes you feel bad. I know that sounds about as pleasant as being stung by a wasp, but again, hear me out. I find that people who are overreactive and highly anxious about how others will perceive them are insecure and lack confidence in themselves, but also don't take the time to understand what about themselves they feel needs prioritizing or improving. These are also the people that avoid conflict and avoid their problems even if they inherently know what their problems are. So the thought of being examined by anyone can be excruciating because they are so worried about feeling bad if someone brings up an area that they are sensitive about. When you face your insecurities head on, label them, and show more vulnerability about them, you take away the power that others have to use it against you. Owning your mistakes and your challenges are ways to take your power back while simultaneously feeling like you are making moves to improve. 
So to recap, the opinions that others have about you is based on their experiences with you, coupled with their own experiences, education, upbringing, and everything else that has to do with them. Focus on feedback that is conducive to your mental well-being and feedback that comes from well-intentioned peeps, like your doctor, a life coach, or a therapist, and even friends and family that you know have your best interests at heart. As well, pay attention to your thoughts when you begin to fear what others think. Center yourself and ask the questions of, what do I think they are going to think? Do I believe this to be true about myself? Am I working to improve this? Is what they are thinking about me going to be helpful or useful to my well-being? Asking yourself these questions will distract your mind from the worry and put your thoughts into sensible categories that can be logically approached. And now your philosophy for the week. You are in charge of your thoughts, which means you are in charge of how you feel, and don't let anybody else steer the wheel. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to The Growth Sequence with me, Jillian Perrick. In this week's podcast description, you can access my social media links as well as my website and contact information. Send me an email and reference the Growth Sequence podcast in which you can receive a free discovery call if you're interested in one-on-one coaching. Make sure to subscribe here on Apple Podcasts or my SoundCloud page and don't forget to rate and review. Thank you and keep coming back for more insightful episodes about life, love, and work.